0: I'm currently in Ankara and uh, supporting the six disaster zones that are in the south of Turkey. And what is crucial now is to make a final push. All 10,000 rescuers boots on the ground with 330 search dogs are supporting the full effort of the national responders in still hoping for miracle rescues that are taking place in the last hours of this response. By the same time, what we know is the crucial relief phase that will be kicking in as we speak. Huge needs for shelter, for warm clothing, for heating, for food, water is crucial to sustain and to make sure the population continues to make sure that they are fully well uh, supported, especially in this time and in the bitter cold.
1: Sure. And just remind me and remind our listeners the scale of the damage in Turkey.
0: The scale and the damage of Turkey is one of the worst we have seen. We are looking at a damaged area of over 150,000 square kilometres covering a span of 10 provinces. And we are looking at over, as we count now, 6,000 collapsed high-rise buildings. And uh, the time of the disaster, as we all know, was 4.17 a.m. Most people are still in deep sleep and slumber. And that is where a huge number of victims, they are still entombed, buried in various collapsed structures. And that's where our target of rescue is in full force.
1: Are you still hearing a week after the quake, miracle rescues?
0: Well, definitely there are constant reports of miracle rescues in the last few days. I mean, we have notably rescued a mother and a child. We have heard stories of a, a newborn baby still in the umbilical court coming out alive. There's still a lot of hope. And what we do see in spite of the bitter cold is the warm hospitality and reception by the Turkish people. They have been very uh, welcoming to the international rescuers, keeping them warm with tea and making sure that all necessary support on the field is provided to make sure our technical experts are doing what they do best, augment the national rescue teams in the life-saving phase of uh, response.
1: So you're still saving people and you're with the UN Disaster Assessment and Coordination Unit. Behind you, just describe the scene, please. You've got, it looks like a huge hall with lots of people manning telephones.
0: This is the Central Turkish National Emergency Management Centre. It's operating 24-7. And right from the start, ministerial team here, the vice president of Turkey is here. We have 25 different disaster groups spanning across all sectors, from environmental, medical, the military, of course, a disaster response coordination. And they're all here, united, working in strong synergies for one thing, to make sure the most and worst affected people are receiving the aid they need.
1: And you, as part of the UN Disaster Assessment Coordination Group, you are helping to mobilize these emergency teams these urban search and rescue teams with their sniffer dogs and you've talked about 10,000 rescuers out there i mean is that enough we've heard of you know this massive damage and then moving south to Gaziantep, which is a valuable UN strategic logistics hub, which was also damaged. And then there's moving further south towards Syria. There's great concern about all those people, the 4 million in northwestern Syria. Are they getting enough aid? Are you able to get through?
0: Well, definitely the needs are unprecedented. We have never seen such a scale The last was the Indian Ocean Tsunami of 2004 with 220,000 dead. And I think this one uh, does not pale in comparison because of the different challenges we face. The bitter winter for one is really bringing a big challenge. The roads, uh, the security situation, as we know, the complexities in Syria, uh, all these are posing a, a huge challenge to our rescue teams. But nevertheless, our rescue teams are unrelenting, they are moving forward. We have a full UN team here supporting the RC's office. We are moving forward as best we can. Together we can uh, bring the necessary aid, especially life-saving aid at this point. As we speak, it's still the urban search and rescue teams that are front and center because we are still seeing miracles happening miracle rescues that are taking place, digging people who are buried, buried alive because of structural collapse of high-rise residential buildings. More than 6,000 buildings have collapsed. So a huge amount of work. And that is why till now as we speak, we are into day eight. We are looking at the Turkish authorities still welcoming international search and rescue teams to augment and to support this life-saving face.
1: Yeah, you talk about international support. There's certainly willingness on many levels, but you just mentioned yourself there's not enough heavy machinery. There are certainly concerns about not enough fuel to fire up these big heavy plant machines that are needed to lift the big slabs of concrete off, off people. Um, so what's the progress on that? And, and I guess another question is, if you don't have more access into northern Syria via another crossing, isn't there going to be a huge traffic jam because four convoys have got through, but so much more is needed?
0: Well, the challenges are there for sure in terms of access but, and in terms of needs. But what we do see is a strong solidarity, a global solidarity of uh, member countries coming forward. We have established a joint coordination cell with the European Union. We are pushing relief items into the country. And uh, this scale of solidarity has not been seen for a very, very long time. The Under-Secretary-General is here in this region and he is touring and making sure that we have the access we need to the people in need.